your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, October 15th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Ramon Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore F. LA Panthers, and thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And boy, what a night last night. Wow. The Florida Panthers, they defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins by a final score of 5 to four opening night in Sunrise, Florida at the FLA Live Arena where the Florida Panthers were facing up against the backup goaltender in the Pittsburgh Penguins in Casey DeSmith. And once again, like I mentioned on the podcast, no Sidney Crosby nor Evgeny Malkin. They still had Chris Letang there in the lineup, but they Kind of got a little lucky that they didn't run into uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. But hey, the Pittsburgh Penguins, let's talk about them for a little bit. This was a team that a lot of people weren't really high on going into the season as a, as a team that was a little older. I didn't really talk too much about the Penguins because of them being in the Metropolitan Division. But a lot have really ruled them out as a team that could, that their window might be closed. But when it comes to certain teams in sports, not just hockey, but certain sports, that they're just never out of it, regardless of where they are, their age, as long as they have their consistent core. And that's, other than the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's the last team that repeated as champions. But the Florida Panthers ran into a team that without two superstars and they were able to challenge them after they defeated Tampa Bay by a final score of 63, three empty net goals. And they were able to really challenge Florida. And my biggest takeaway of this game was Aaron Eckblad. Aaron Eckblad, who suffered a gruesome gruesome injury in Dallas back in March of 2020, excuse me, 2021, he just comes back and he gets on the scoreboard not once, but twice, both times when the Florida Panthers were down by two, two goals. Started off as the Panthers starting off hot, getting with, to a 2 nothing lead, thanks to Carver Hagee and Anthony Duclair. The Penguins do score four unanswered after that. And Aaron Eckblad just 
leads the charge, leads the comeback before Carver Hagee eventually scores the game-winning goal. And I want to talk more a little bit about in the next segment, but we'll keep it on Aaron Ekblad in the next segment. We'll talk more about Bobrovsky. But in this one, we'll talk about Aaron Ekblad, his impact on the team, how he was a Norse Trophy candidate last year before going down with that injury, and just how valuable he was to this team. And they, the Florida Panthers really do have a strong decor, especially a top decor in Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Eckblad because as well, the Panthers, as far as shorthanded time on ice, the, Flor- the Florida Panthers, especially in that second period, were mostly shorthanded, which kind of had a lot to do with why Pittsburgh came back in this game in the first place. The, the play was kind of undisciplined with the team getting to the box, multiple five on threes twice on if i remember correctly two different occasions in that second period alone where the florida panthers on a five on three they get to a five on four and then they're back on the five on three so that was a situation that the florida panthers will likely clean up or try to clean up and the florida panthers shot themselves in the foot i was thinking to myself when i went to the game which is why my voice is a little shot right now based on all the yelling and all the excitement from yesterday's win. But as soon as they went five on three on the second time, I'm like, yeah, the the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to find a way to to score on this one because this, this is just a sequence of penalties just in a four-minute span. Chris Letang gets cross-checked. Um, cross-check, um, cross-checks Ryan Lomberg. Sam Bennett tri- um, trips. Carver Hagee with a slash. Then that Sam Bennett penalty releases, and then Mackenzie Weaker gets that unsportsmanlike conduct and the roughing, which was the four-minute one. And in that, the Pittsburgh Penguins were able to cash it in twice on on that one. The well, the second one came out later when Frank Vitrano went to the box for high sticking. So that was that was another one. And Frank Vitrano, multiple times in this one, was a little out of control with his stick. That, that was his second high stick penalty of the game. The first one came with in the, the 644 mark of the first period. And that that's a little bit of the undisciplined play where the Pittsburgh Penguins had nine power play opportunities, 18 total penalty minutes for the Florida Panthers, and they converted two of nine. The Florida Panthers on the other side had went 0 for 6. And early on, the, the Panthers were dominating this game. Every time I looked up at the score scoreboard, up, up, I would look at how they're doing on the faceoffs because I didn't want to pull out my phone too often while being at the game, but I was looking at certain points of the game, even midway through the first period, even two-thirds of the way, they were dominating the first face-off circle. They were dominating the zone time at first, but then it all changed in the second period once they were committing penalties, and that was what caused Pittsburgh to to catch up in this game, to make it a game as well, because it, it was looking like at first, especially when Duclair scored on the breakaway, it looked like that the Florida Panthers were going to run away with it. And Anthony Duclair as well, honorable mentor for him, is 
um, one thing we were very critical of Anthony Duclair is that of not being able to finish on his breakaways, but he was able to get one, get one through, and the Florida Panthers were able to come out with a pretty good lead at the time, two nothing, at the three fifty seven three fifty seventh mark of the second period. So Duclair with another great game. Carver Hagee the first goal and the game winning goal in this one. So many, many great takeaways from this game, but a little bit of not so great as well with the multiple high stickings of Frank Vedrano and the, and the many, many shorthanded opportunities. But I'm going to talk more about goaltending and I'm going to talk about players who did have their shorthanded opportunities in the next segment. So keep it right here on your first listen of the day. Locked on Panthers. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, goat bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor, which is like the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at Built.com. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as the Cats are coming off a 5-4 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins, an overtime victory against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And this is the game, once again, where the Florida Panthers were dominant really early on and the Pittsburgh Penguins between the 10-minute mark of the second period just dominated the rest of the way with zone time. The Florida Panthers committing a lot of uh, penalties, especially giving them opportunities to get back into this game. The shots disparity for the Penguins and the Panthers was 47-39 to 39 in favor of Pittsburgh. But I do want to talk a little bit about the defense, the shorthanded uh, defense for the Panthers and goaltending. So, of course, with the Pittsburgh Penguins getting their two goals early on, both via the power play, the, the first one was... Terry Borowski crouching down a little bit too early, but with power play goals, I'm not going to put that too much on a goalie, but really only there was really one goal of those four that I would say is completely on Terry Borowski. When 
it's easy seeing those four goals and then seeing Sergei Bobrovsky giving up those goals and being in net. It's easy for a lot of us to just want to say, put Spencer Knight in. And the people around me at the arena were, some were chanting, we want Spencer. And I was just like, I literally facepalmed as soon as I saw that because many don't sometimes don't even look at also the stat sheet based on what Bobrovsky did and some of the game-changing saves that he had. Sergei Bobrovsky faced 47 shots, saved 43 of them. What are this? What's the save percentage based on that? 9.15 on on that one. Sure, the GAA is not gonna reflect that, and you're not gonna see. You're going to see four goals. You're going to think four goals skew once again. But honestly, with his big time save, especially in overtime, leading to that two on one between Alexander Barkov and Carter Hagee, man, that that was a that was one that you say you say, oh, Sergey Borovsky is the reason that the Florida Panthers were able to come away with a win because there were some saves where you thought that they had a wide open net and then Sergey Bobrovsky quickly shifts to to in position to make the save and to make and to make something go the other way. Sure rebound control still isn't the best for Bobrovsky. Uh those there were two of those goals where one was tipped in by Ekblad. Um couldn't tell from my angle at the arena first time around. And I didn't really check Twitter right away. And then I saw the replay after the fact. So it was, in fact, Ekblad who tipped it in. Second one, you could question whether he should have been out of his net as much as he was. And another tip in by Mackenzie Weger. So Florida Panthers had a little bit of a bad positioning based on defenders. And again, you could argue that Bobrovsky on that second one with, uh, with Weger there was a little bit out of position as well. So... One player I do want to talk about, however, is Anton Lindell. Every single time that the Pittsburgh Penguins were on the power play, and I was always looking right, I was looking right at the bench of seeing who's coming out for this penalty kill. Who's going to be the ones who are going to make most of their time on the PK? Almost every single time out there, you saw Mr. Lundell, Anton Lundell former 12th overall pick from this past 2020 draft, played in the highest level in Finland. And Nick Fairbanks' boy, uh, Anton Lundell, who I happened to be at the game with last night in Sunrise, Florida, uh, multiple-time guest on the podcast from Panther Parkway. And look at I look at shorthanded minutes based on forwards. And Sam Bennett had a little bit of shorthanded time with 437, Jonathan Huberdeau with 359. But the ones who dominated were the two Finns, the two roommates, mind you, who are rooming together up in Boca Raton with uh, Alexander Barkov with six minutes and 16 seconds. I mean, you saw Barkov on the forecheck, the backcheck, and creating a disruption, really, on, on the penalty kill to make sure that the Pittsburgh Penguins limited the damage. I mean, two for nine on the power play is nothing to sleep on on this team, but the Florida Panthers were also giving them these opportunities as well. So 6-16 for Alexander Barkov, shorthanded. Anton Lundell, 5-26 shorthanded, and that was second on the team in shorthanded opportunity, 
not shorthanded opportunities, shorthanded time on ice. So that was that was a, a forward group that you're going to see the first PK group as the forwards of Lundell and Barkoff, and then you're going to see Bennett and Huberto next in line. And then we saw a little bit of the of, of a third uh, forward pairing for the PK with Verhage and Lomberg. The on the five on three, mostly you saw Barkoff. Ekblad and Uyghur mostly. They spent the mo- the majority of the time. Ekblad continues to have. I mean, he averaged about twenty five minutes of ice time last year, and I- at least I- at least on on the top of my head. And just through one period alone, my friend was telling me he's like, "How m- you know how much time on ice Ekblad has through the first period already? Nine. And I'm like, "Yikes, that's a lot." And that was something that the Florida Panthers were missing last year when he got hurt. And many argue that he could, the Florida Panthers could have made it to a game seven last year, but that's last year. But Aaron Eckblad leads, leads the team with time on ice with 27 minutes and 56 seconds. And that's what, you, that's what the Florida Panthers were really missing in their uh, number one defenseman uh, last year when he went down with that injury. But th- this penalty kill, this penalty kill is something I'm really excited about. I mean, I don't want to, of course, none of you guys want to see it often because you want to spend your time at even strength or on the power play. But I have a lot of confidence in this penalty kill group on special teams that with Lundell there, I mean, Coach Q even said it, that you're likely going to see Anton Lundell on the on the PK, something that he he played a lot of in Finland on the first on the first line center for HIFK too and that dude is good as advertised he has great pace and looking up his face-off numbers as we speak face-off numbers weren't the best with Anton Lindell 30% I mean game one of many for this kid but Barkoff dominated in the face-off circle as well but at 72% of his face-off so that that was the that's the control that you want early on, especially when the faceoff disparity was two thirds going in the Florida Panthers' way. They did end up beating the Penguins not only on the scoreboard but in the faceoff circle as well, uh, fifty four to 50, 45. And but as far as shorthanded opportunities, I'm sure that's something that Coach Q is definitely going to try to clean up, but. I'm really liking, especially early, that the the group out there for the PK and the fact that they're putting a 20-year-old in Anton Lundell out there on the PK just speaks volumes to how much confidence this team has in him and how much he's ready for the NHL level. So, so in the next segment, we're going to take some quotes from after the game on what the players thought about last night's comeback victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. So keep it right here on your first listen of the day. Locked on, Panthers. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus. 
on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, a few takeaways as well from last night's game was the fact that when the Florida Panthers had their nine minor penalties in last night's game, they were really shooting themselves in the foot, and when they were down 4-2, it was a lot because of the penalties. And, of course, the comeback cats find a way to win, and Aaron Brown gets to the show for yesterday, and great, great human being. Um, she tweets out saying, the Florida Panthers finished with nine minor penalties Friday, Friday night. I think she meant to say Thursday. But Florida hasn't registered that many minors since October 7, 2017. Over in a win, 5-4. Same score against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that happened to be Bob Bugner's head coaching debut. So it's been, been a little while since uh, the Florida Panthers uh, found a way to win despite having that many penalties. But that's usually not a recipe for success <laughs> most times. So not a not a something a position you want to be off there often. The Florida Panthers, uh, usually on opening night, they do full lineup introductions, but let's talk a little bit about how much of a first-class organization the Florida Panthers are. The Coach Q after the game talked about how they didn't have a pregame intro because they wanted to focus on the general who died, Ray Ordierno. Ray Ordierno, General Ray Ordierno, uh, passed earlier this week, so they wanted to have a little bit of that moment of silence and a little bit of a tribute to General Ray Ordierno. Um, and first class organization that the Florida Panthers have, and of course they continue to do the whole hero among us as well. Uh, they in the middle of the second period slash third period. I never actually memorize when they actually do it. it. Just You just happen to be at the game and, okay, they're they're doing it. So I don't know an exact timestamp of, like, when they actually do the Heroes Among Us, but they, they continue to do that for to honor the military members. So great on the Florida Panthers uh, franchise. And, of course, it correlates to the War Memorial Coliseum that they're building out in downtown Fort Lauderdale. So, yeah, so... Very, this uh ownership group is definitely very uh very involved with with that. Coach Q talked about Sergey Bobrovsky's uh game, and I'm gonna defend um Sergey Bobrovsky from last night's game, who kept the Cats really in this one late. And Coach Q talked about Bobrovsky's game, saying, "quote He had a strong, strong game, made several key stops. I thought he looked sharp." He looked big, and he looked in control. Close quote. And I agree. Uh, though those some of those uh, saves made turned into breakaways the other way, and the Florida Panthers were able, especially late, to cash in. Rookie Anton Lindell had an opportunity to speak to the media after his first game for the Florida Panthers, saying 
quote, it was a little it, hit, it was a little different, harder pace, but you can see it's not preseason anymore. More pace and more physical. Close quote. And of course, thirty percent on the face offs, but like I mentioned and raved about in the last segment, he's he's been very valuable on the penalty kill and one of the players who you saw very often out there as part as as a valuable part are of killing penalties and making sure that pucks don't go into the net. And I they they did a little they did miss a little bit of Noel Chari out there, not gonna lie, uh with his with his shot blocking, but the Florida Panthers were also getting a lot of blocks on their own, but definitely a piece that they were definitely missing on the on the PK last night in Nolachari. But hey, they did uh out block uh Pittsburgh seventeen to eleven. I mean, those also had to do with Pittsburgh having the more shot opportunities, the more power play opportunities as well. So you can take that what you will of it. A lot of praise for Aaron Eckblad, especially from Carver Hagee. Uh, Carver Hagee said yesterday, quote, he's been awesome all night. He's been he's one of the best defensemen in the league. Didn't expect any anyone anything else. So nice to have him back, close quote. And it 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 really is great. Like I said earlier, twenty seven minutes of ice time and it's it was it's not easy to replace twenty seven minutes of ice time when your number one overall pick from the 2014 entry draft just goes down so that was that was another that was what was something that was missing and Ekblad also spoke on his two-goal game who got the first star of the night and he said quote I was the only one I was the only one who wasn't in the pile I was making sure no one was in my way I tried to get it the other side of the net before I shot it and and I didn't go into description on the third goal of the game where Aaron Eckblad's first there's a big scuffle right in front of the net Casey DeSmith was just getting up and Aaron Eckblad was just right in the high slot and just gets the puck where nobody's around him and in a wide open net and that when that goal originally happened I saw the goalie on the ground, everyone piled up, and I was thinking to myself, hold up, wait a minute, let's wait until this goal becomes official. Sure, I was giving a little bit of high fives here and there, but I was a little nervous, not going to lie, because I don't know if there was a goaltender interference there. I mean, it's hard to see in the arena uh, when you're actually in person at the game versus watching on TV. You have a better judgment on what, what it could have been or what it could have been not been. And at first, I was thinking in live time, I was like, oh, oh, uh, Casey DeSmith is on the ground. Was there a goaltender interference there where he was unable to get up? But then looking at the replay, Casey DeSmith was on his way up. Uh, nobody held him down, and Aaron Ekblad was able to convert. And that was the start of everything. That was, and Aaron Ekblad later on gets that backhand uh, goal to bring it to a tie and man there there's many great things to say about uh Ekblad and and how much he was missed so that was i mean that's the reason why he was first star of the game so it, it was a great welcome back and it was a great tone setter as far as a guy who is likely going to be a candidate again 
for the Norris Trophy. A lot of people have Kale McCarr out there, Charlie McAvoy as their Norris Trophy candidate. I mean, Adam Fox can win it again this year. And Aaron Eckblad, so far so good in his his, uh, first game back since March. I mean, he played preseason games, but first real game since March. So the Florida Panthers, they have started off with three games this season against three very tough teams. They took care of Pittsburgh without a Crosby and Malkin. This will be uh, Pittsburgh's only trip down to Sunrise, Florida this year. So next time the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins will meet will be in Pittsburgh at PPP, PPG Paints Arena up there. And so they took they were able to take care of business. They have an Islanders team on Saturday who are starting their season with 13 road games before they open up their new arenas. Seattle Kraken are in the same position where not exactly 13, but they're starting with, out with a lot of road games before opening up at first. But the Florida Panthers can really set the tone early in the Atlantic Division. Especially with Tampa Bay coming back, I was looking at the scores on my phone. I didn't watch the game, but I saw that they were down six to four against the Detroit Red Wings with Tyler Bertuzzi scoring four goals for the for Detroit and Tampa Bay coming back. They have an opportunity to set the tone early with an Islanders team who's just really tough defensively. One one concern that I still have is that the Florida Panthers, when when the score is low scoring. And the offense is shut down. Is the goaltending and the defense going to keep up with the other defense? And are the Florida Panthers going to find a way to score these low-scoring games? Shootouts, shootout kind of games. I'm very confident that the Florida Panthers will find a way to win those games consistently. It's those low-scoring games. And likely on Saturday against New York, there's going to be an opportunity for the Florida Panthers to see what they got in a low-scoring game. The New York Islanders are returning Anders Lee, their captain. They still have Matthew Barzell. They re-signed Kyle Palmieri after originally trading him from the New Jersey Devils. They have arguably the best goaltending tandem on in the league with Ilya Sorokin and Simeon Varlamov. So that, that goaltender tandem is, chances are, that's the best in the league. So... The Florida Panthers have a early test early against a team that I think that if the Florida Panthers were to advance to the Eastern Conference Final, that my prediction was that they would lose to the New York Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final. And yes, I would pain to be to lose to them again after losing them in 2016 in the first round and then in the Stanley Cup qualifier bubble in 2020. So that is it would. It, that would be painful to lose to them again in a later round, but an opportunity on Saturday to really see what you got at first against this team who's just been knocking on the door two straight conference final appearances, losing to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. So also that that's an opportunity to see what you got against them. So Florida, Saturday against New York Islanders, and then their first road game of the season in Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida. So big test early for the Florida Panthers, and I will be here to recap those games and talk more about what's going on with the Florida Panthers based on their performances based on those games. So if you like what you're hearing, 
Please subscribe to the podcast and be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will to be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.